Välkommen till Freuds Toolbox, skolans inspirationspodd med fokus på känslor, relationer, lärande och ledarskap. Tillsammans med Kenneth Freud får du inspireras av och lära av nationellt och internationellt ledande experter på evidensbaserat lärande och ledarskap. Hi everyone. Today we will talk about uh, feelings and how we feel in education. We will talk about the connected to a strategy called the ruler approach. That is social emotional learning for you that works in schools. In this episode you will meet uh, two experts in this area and from them we can all learn a lot, especially school leaders like myself. And our experts, they have first-hand experience from applying the ruler in several different grades and during a long time. I think more time and most most teachers and staff that works with this uh, area. Uh, so it's my great honor and privilege to say welcome to Birdie and Bear. Hi, thank you for having us. Yeah, yeah. Say a few words about yourself, where you're from. So yeah. Um. So I'm Birdie. Uh, we're from the Willows Community School in Los Angeles. We ha- I have been here since kindergarten, and now I'm in eighth grade, so nine years with the Ruler program. Hi, I'm Bear. I've been at the Willows since kindergarten, and I'm in eighth grade currently. So you have more or less followed the whole process in the Willows. I think maybe they started a year before you. Yeah, and we were... As one of the beginning classes, we were able, we were almost like a test class. So a lot of these different programs and different experiences, we had first, we were the first class to try it. So it's almost impossible for anyone to have more first-hand experience than you then. (laughs) (laughs) So from your perspective, do you find any benefits from what we have worked with the ruler? Can it help you sort of in your well-being? Could you help in, in sort of the academics or does it have any effects for you? That was question number one. The second one, uh, do you think uh, by your experience that is any difference using the ruler than not using the ruler in a school setting? I feel like you can uh, you can be more emotional intelligent and you can kind of reach deeper into how you're feeling and how others are feeling. So you kind of like understand where they're coming from and everyone they kind of understand each other and that's like a big part and we can all kind of work together to build our feelings and our personalities. Yeah, um, adding on to that, the ruler program has kind of allowed us to, because since everybody has emotions, if you're part of the ruler program, you're then able to label them and you're able to express them in ways that are helpful to the way to your learning process and how you're growing up and also to other people around you. So I think that as Bear was saying, a lot of the ruler program is learning about yourself and learning how to like express emotions in the school setting and then also outside of a school setting, but then also how like learning how to recognize those emotions in other people and how to deal with it. And then to your second question about of whether a ruler program or not a ruler program, how that 
how that differs. I would say I am obviously very biased towards a ruler program. I can also see in a lot of kids and adults who haven't had this experience with emotional intelligence, they're not able to express their emotions in the same way. And their learning is hindered by it just because it's like it's it's a obstacle in the way instead of something that can help. Yeah. Uh, based on my experience since I visited your school for a week, uh, you used it also a lot uh, within sort of the subjects. Uh, you, you used, you talked about feeling connected. That, that's interesting to hear. It seemed to me like it was helpful also sort of in the academic part. I mean, it's it's the key to have your well-being and to manage your emotions and express your emotions. Uh, so that is that will also help learning, I think. But but uh, how do you use it sort of in in your subjects? Yeah. So I think that a lot of the learning to express emotions and that happened in the earlier years, so kindergarten through fifth grade, kindergarten through third grade. Mm -hmm. But now transitioning into middle school, we've used it in finding those same emotions and characters in books. And so like using words, like they were frustrated or they were depressed in finding those in characters of classics. So if we're reading, for example, Killers of the Flower Moon, how these characters express their emotions in words and how we can recognize that as people who've been trained in this basically. Yeah, we've done a lot of, whenever we do something, we kind of go, deep into the characters and their feelings and kind of use even like the smallest little details from the book to kind of determine how they're feeling in that moment and just kind of understand what's going on and why they reacted that way. And then also when we're learning about um, like past historical events, we kind of, we do a bunch of different ways to like we watch videos and hear first person experiences from it so that we can kind of so that we can almost feel as if we were there and get I feel yeah feel as if we were there like a deeper understanding of the text like past just a book it's like applying it to our life now and how we would feel in the same situations you also get lots of different perspectives from doing that so you can see Every story has two different sides. You can kind of see where both sides, yeah. why both sides were doing what they were doing and why they felt why they felt. Yeah. One thing may be connected to that. When I visited your school for a week and also in eighth grade, I experienced that you, you, your discussions when you were in class, you, have, you were reflecting together at such high level, extremely high level, when I compare to other experiences in other schools around the world, actually. Uh, and you also have such a sophisticated language and such vocabulary. It's also really, really high. If I just shut my eyes and think away, I would think it, it wouldn't be your age. It would be, it could be any, any age. It's at that level. So I'm thinking, do you have an idea how you reach that excellence? I think any students, any school would like to get up to, to that level. Could that also be connected to this or is it part of the explanation or are you just gifted, all of you <laughs> I, in the school? I think that it's definitely connected to ruler and emotional intelligence. Just in terms of those discussions and stuff, it's a lot about books or history or social studies. Yeah. And a lot of that is based on 
this emotional intelligence. So these words and these feelings we have been taught and also have like known ourselves. So our reading comprehension skills have come from the Willows teaching us to really understand subjects and to learn at your own pace and all of these different things that were taught in second grade or when we did yeah. flexible learning in third and fourth grade. And um, now that we can use those skills that we've been taught into deeply analyzing and using critical thinking skills in these books and texts and old historical events that like Bear said, wouldn't really have any meaning for today's eighth graders. But for us, we can recognize things in it and that's where those conversations come from. Yeah. Uh, it, yeah. Go on. Also from like a young age, we do activities that kind of um, build up curiosity in ourselves. And then I think that's a big part of why uh, our vocabularies have been built up. We've built up curiosity from doing like fun projects and stuff. So then we've wanted to learn more and more and more. So we go home telling our parents about this. And I still remember in like second grade, I told my mom the word rebuttal and she was kind of astonished about it, but uh, she was a lawyer. So she was like really happy with it. And we were doing, uh, we were learning about a little bit of the law in second grade, but yeah. still. Interesting. You know, many of the listeners, for them, the ruler, it doesn't mean so much. They understand now it's as connected to feelings. But if you you have sort of the whole history, could you say something about what happens in, in different sort of uh, grades or ages? Not every grade, but if you compare, for instance, elementary school to middle school, how did you work with it? And what, what did you do? Some examples. Yeah, so um, I remember in elementary school, I had really bad test anxiety. So doing assessments and math and stuff was, it was kind of difficult. And ruler was very much impl in, like implemented there. So it was the time when it's, they were definitely teaching us directly about ruler. So on every test, we would have a mood meter, which is where you get to plot yourself on the mood meter and you get to choose a word that you were feeling that day or during the test. And so we would have a mood meter at the beginning of the test, the middle of the test and the end of the test. So it was in the beginning of the test, you might feel stressed or angry or excited. So you might plot yourself in a different place. And then by the middle of the test, you're either you were angry about the problem or you frustrated. And so you might plot yourself somewhere differently. And at the end of the test, you are glad that it's over. So you plot yourself all these different ways, but it allows you to recognize that it's not a reflection of how you're doing on the test that you're having these emotions. It's just a frustration at the one problem or it's, or anxiety or stress or any of these things. And it means that you can then think of it in a clearer mind when you get to the next part of the test. And I think that learning that in elementary school now translates into my math tests that I take in middle school. And I will definitely take it into high school and all these different things that I've been taught at a younger age. So like in kindergarten, plotting yourself on the mood meter and then third grade using that in academic senses and now in middle school not necessarily directly using the mood meter but using that those skills that you built from using it could you also use that so so to speak to to shift if you need to be in in another mode to perform if you know if i'm like this i won't perform well if i feel like yeah. that can you sort of... so in uh at younger ages they started really showing us how to understand what emotions we were feeling 
And then we can then from there take actionable steps like uh, breathing exercises or activities to calm us down. And we could talk to teachers. So we really just figured out how we could move ourselves and kind of calm ourselves down or give us give ourselves a little bit of energy to kind of shift gears into the next thing we were doing. So I think that those like um, those methods, we can kind of carry on into what we do today. Like sometimes when I'm just having like a really bad day, I can just like relax or talk to even a teacher because I feel like a lot of them are really understanding with what you have to say. If you compare at my visit at your school, uh, I'm thinking in the lower grades, they use the mood meter all the time. But in the middle school, uh, not so much. Uh, was that intentionally or, or sort of did you think that you're sort of past that you don't, don't need it anymore? Or what was the, the reason why, why the shift not using that tool anymore? Or did you use it sort of inside without uh, plotting it anywhere? Or Over time, it becomes more independent where you yeah. start, you kind of do it as a class yeah. and you you kind of do it as a group and figure out what works for you best. And then mm -hmm. as you get older, you know what to do in certain situations and you can think of it more independently. So I think that over the years, you kind of just figure out what you're doing yourself. And then also it's more implemented into the curriculum itself rather than its own type of subject that you do. Yeah. Did you feel at some time that it was something extra? If I talked to sort of, since I'm a principal and I or head of school and I talk to my staff, if I come with something new, they don't want to have to add anything. They're sort of overloaded all the time. So they would like to see what's in it for me. What's the benefits of doing this? How, how can it help me or reduce my workload or make it more functional? Or uh, what, what was the rule added anything or... Did your students find that it was something more to do or just something different to do? Was it included sort of in the in the Yeah, I think that it was very much woven into our curriculum. I think that it was with every unit and every project, we had something that related to the mood meter. Yeah. And it was not necessarily an extra burden for the teachers to do. It was more a tool for students to help. It's the same as like learning your times tables it was the same with mood meter. It's something that you have to learn and it's something that will help you in your later life. And it's something that could be considered the same. Emotional intelligence is, should be considered as like, it's in a, a whole subject. It should be a, something that is absolutely essential to every school, just because it benefits your students in so many ways as they move into older years of school and more higher education. It's something that will Although it might be difficult to integrate it into schools if they've already if they haven't had this their entire lives, it's something mm -hmm. that will you'll see benefits as they grow up. So as a teacher, even though it might seem like it's an extra thing for students to learn and they might be hesitant to do it, it's something that will undoubtedly benefit the kids that they're teaching, which should be the main goal of being a teacher, I think. Okay, based on your extensive experiences of, of using the ruler within school. 
let's say you will give me advice since I'm a principal. If I would like to become as successful, my school should be as good as the Willows in, in applying the ruler. And also it could be other listeners, school leaders from other schools, for instance, in Sweden or other countries that will be listening. They would like to implement the ruler and be really successful uh, like the Willows. Could you sort of, you can think for a while, but, but give some advice. What, what should you focus at? This is a sort of a pitfall. Don't, don't give up there and do this, do this. What, what is sort of keys for success from a student perspective? We think that it's really important to have the ruler program. And I think the first step that comes with that, you really have to start off with understanding how you're feeling. So that's the first one is understanding how to find your emotions and then the next step is to regulate your emotions. And I think uh, as you work up your years, you should work into those steps. And at the starting years, you start with something a little bit more broad, like sad, happy, angry, calm. And then as you grow up, you can kind of, uh, you can, sorry, um, you can go deeper into more extensive words that kind of, yeah are in between and have more meaning so then you can uh yeah, like, like when i listened to to your classes it was such high abstract level if you compare different feeling words it the the younger kids were more sort of concrete more easy words that uh, in like in swedish other schools i visited also the like the middle school students they were just using those words no more uh, but you have so many words that uh, is sort of fine-tuning feelings in another way is that sort yeah. of correct it's my yeah. experience at least from you uh, and i think that it's answering your former question about what's the key points and what could be hard for teachers yeah um i think that implementing ruler and all of the things that you do as a teacher. So disciplining students, you still have to implement ruler, even though it might be easier to be angry at a student, you have to recognize the feelings behind an action. And when you're dealing with conflicts with students, although it might be difficult to not just get them in trouble, you have to understand and you have to work, like talk them through a situation so that they know what to do in the future. And I think that although it's, tedious and although it's difficult to handle with to deal with angry second graders it's necessary to teach them step by step like bear was saying about all of these words and stuff and then as you or blueprints when you're having a, a fight or anything and then as you get into middle school the fine tuning the fine tuning almost comes naturally you can resolve it yourself yeah yeah, yeah. Same with the words and the foundation words like sad, mad, happy, calm. Those slowly transition through the years into frustrated, depressed, um, melancholy, all these different words that just come with naturally to the students, I think, um, after spending enough time with the ruler and having the teachers really involved with it. Yeah. If I take from a teacher's perspective, when the younger kids, if you have the mood meter, you can sort of get... Uh, this is how the class are if the teacher should help sort of to, to shift uh, feelings or modes or energy levels. Uh, do, is your experience that in middle school, the teacher doesn't have to sort of do that, that uh, the individual students can do it themselves 
generally. Yeah, I, I think that's I think that's pretty that's right. Um, I think that yeah, with the younger grades, the you know it's a little bit harder for them to recognize their emotions. But yeah. as coming to middle school, having that experience is easier for you to shift from angry in the morning to happy, you know, by the end of the day. And by plotting yourself throughout the day, you can see how uh, how you've shifted during different activities and how yeah. far you've come over that time period. Yeah. So that just like helps you understand uh, what drives you to raise your uh, your energy levels and your uh, emotions. Is there more advice you think a head of school or a principal would need to be successful? Is there anything you should think of this with the younger grades? You should think when you start up, do like this and to maintain it, do like this. I'd say that you don't want to think of ruler as a tedious extra task that you have to do, because I think that even if you have that extra time out of the day, mm -hmm. over time, it becomes so beneficial. It's astounding. And it just yeah. completely morphs their emotional intelligence and makes it so much higher. So even if you're doing it five minutes a day, I, I think that it's just super beneficial to the child. Yeah. And I think that I don't necessarily have like a favorite or least favorite part of ruler, but in a society, at least in America, where emotions are kind of looked as unprofessional or you're not allowed to express it, having generations of children and kids coming from these schools who are able to recognize their emotions and know that it's okay to express them and can recognize other people's emotions and how to either give them other people's space or help them or give them a glass of water. I think that it's it's necessary for kids of tomorrow and today and the present to have these tools so that we can have generations of people who can deal with this in the workplace and in any jobs that they might take or in high school or college, all these, because I, I've found that ruler has helped me in so many ways that I know that other kids my age don't have, don't have the same experience. Another reflection I have, I will give sort of maybe a leading question then. Uh, when I was at your school and talked to you, buddy, and you gave me some advice then as well that I'm actually using at my school. Uh, then you talked also about the role, the role of the students to be successful. Can you sort of say something about that? Yeah, remind me what I said. Yeah, no. you talked about the, the importance to be successful to actually involve the students in, in what you do and why yeah. you're doing it. Feedback and stuff. Yeah. Um, I think that, yeah, I think that it should come from the students. I think that the excitement and the, and the energy and the will to learn should be full, like solely focused on kids. This is the point of schools. It should be yeah. students taking this initiative. It should be the students giving feedback to the teachers and the teachers taking it, accepting it wholly. I think that it should be the, the students being able to say that I'm uncomfortable with this book. I want to change it in the curriculum and the teachers recognizing that talking yeah. with us the, and then letting them give another example of a book that they could use in the curriculum instead. I think that it's, yeah, I think that the student initiative in emotional learning and also the 
ability, like making sure that the students have the ability to talk to administrators and teachers yeah. they might be scared of or they're because they're in a position of you know their administrators or teachers mm -hmm. position of power that the kids aren't scared to talk to the teachers and that they're able to use the tools that they've learned to use it with adults and grown-ups and other students yeah another reflection that i made i like you to both of you to comment on when i visited your school uh, at, at some schools it could be like the staff the teachers that they are sort of you can talk to anyone and they saying more or less the same they have the same message like you can talk something called collective efficacy if you together believe in something and if you do like this together it will be successful at your school, it felt like I could talk to any student or any any teacher or, or the principal or any person. And everyone could explain and talk about, like we're talking now about the ruler. Uh, and I was so impressed and I thought, how is it possible to get to that level? You don't have to have any answer, but if you have some ideas, how it could be possible that all the students that I talked to, uh, and you are sort of at a really, really high level, but I, I talked to many younger kids as well that could talk about what they're doing, beneficial things for them, and they could explain, understandably, at sort of not at the same abstract level, but still sort of the same message that is really strong for, for a school and for, for school success for, for you as students. I think that some of that comes from the class discussions that we have. I think that I remember in elementary school and now in middle school talking about how could we use these tools in real life. So we would have community time and talking about, well, you might feel angry, but how can you use the mood meter to plot yourself? And what tools can you use to calm down? Or if you're stressed or crying during a test, if the teacher comes around, they can ask you, well, what do you think you should do in this situation? Like, how can you make yourself feel calm? Can you, I, I can let you go take a water break or a brain break or um, take 3D breaths, any of these different tools. And I think that the kids then learn how to apply it in real life. So I think that when you ask the students, how has ruler helped you? They can give you an answer from firsthand experience of a time when they were feeling stressed and they were able to label them their what their what emotion they were feeling and then use the tools that we've talked about in class and we've talked about in all these lessons to then actually use it in real life and to calm themselves down and to move through. Actually, now I have only one last question. And after that, uh, you will have the opportunity if you'd like to add something or give sort of a, any final words to the audience that will be both teachers and school leaders, of course. So I think this is important for anyone who is listening that is in this school world. Uh, but uh, my last question is maybe a little bit odd. If you sort of change your role, imagine that uh, now you're not students at Willows. Instead, you are... Together, you are head of school for a, a new built school. You can do whatever you like with the school and you should sort of decide, I would like this school, to, this should characterize my school. This is the profile or my priorities. I think if my, our school focus on this, which you can decide that they will, it will, I think it will be successful. What, what do you find is important? You don't have to connect to the rule. It could be anything that you think is important to have a, a, 
a school that is really great for the students. That's a cool perspective. I think that the big part is, I think I would add ruler as a more time, uh, time filled activity throughout the day. So I think that I would definitely have students plot their points throughout the day. But I would also at the end of the day, kind of look through it and have a group discussion about how they how far they've come throughout the day, and how their emotions may have shifted and why. But I also think that it's important to have that one-on-one -on -one throughout the day. So I think that the teacher should kind of go up to the students throughout the day and ask them how they're feeling, because that kind of builds up trust and respect with the teachers. And it feels more like, it doesn't feel like there's someone who's like better than you. Of course, you want to have respect to uh, someone who's like a teacher, but I think that you can have conversations with them as if they're your friend. And it really just like opens up your... Uh, emotions and you're willing to be more open and uh, express your feelings. So I think that that's really important and it gives students this drive to learn and uh, like thrive at school. So I think that that's really the biggest part for me. Yeah, I think that if I was the head of school, um, I would honestly model it a little bit after the Willows. I think that I would you know, implement the ruler system just because I've seen the benefits. I would, you know, um, do less tests. I think that I'm not a testing person, but for some people it is. But yeah. I would give students a lot of choice because I yeah. think that we underestimate kids as people. I think that they have fully formed opinions and we should let them express it. So if they feel like they should sit in a desk every day, they can go ahead and do that. If they feel like they're uncomfortable at a desk or they're uncomfortable taking tests, then I would find an alternative for them. So instead of taking tests, they can explain to me the subject and I can ask them like how to teach it to me, which is, or I like a tool. I would, instead of busy work as homework, I think that I would do more, what's your personal opinion on this? I think that if I had a school, I would base it on the kids and the kids and the student initiative that the students would want to bring, I hope, to a school. Um, yeah. Adding on to what Bertie said, yeah. a bunch of different learning styles. So some kids are visual learners and other kids uh, are better at having hands-on teaching. And then some kids just work better, like for me at least. Uh, I do really well when I see it visually, but then it really clicks for me once I do it myself and figure it out. So I think that that would, I would try to find activities that would benefit every kid. So uh, we, when we were learning the ABCs in kindergarten, we had shaving cream on the desk and we would draw yeah. it out. So that was a really good way to kind of connect in a fun way and still be learning. So that really makes kids finally understand it and it clicks for them the way that they want it to once they feel like the school is adapting to them and that they aren't just feeling like robots who have to sit in a class all day yeah or like learning learning subjects and learning different things for the sole point of learning it instead of just for standardized tests or just for this next assignment that's coming up I think that if I had a school it would be you know, like education for the sole point of education and to make kids who know about the world and, you know, taking multiple perspectives and learning about different sides of social 
you know, differences or history points. Just so that they can make full, fully formed ideas in when they're adults. Yeah. I find all of what you're saying are really interesting. Uh, since I'm sort of a nerd in research and, and science, a lot of what you're saying is connecting to that. And if you take what you said about different ways, uh, you don't even be, you don't have to talk about different learning styles. But what you, you're talking about, as my experience, how I uh, think of it, is that you would offer sort of you can stimulate different senses, your sort of visual and all the ways. I think every kid can have use of all of that, but my, more my different different of them you need more but you can do the same you can have a learning environment for everyone you don't have to have sort of teaching a teacher doesn't have to teach in seven different ways it could be in the same way but with all these ways included in in it yeah. is that what you mean that's what i mean i don't yeah. mean that we need to have a teacher going back and forth all around the classroom no. help our kids out because mm. i think that then the i think that the program would work better if the teacher had more knowledge of the subject if she yeah. spreads it out between all of them but not at the same time because mm -hmm. then she can focus on each activity at a time and mm -hmm. then it becomes uh better and the students can share their feelings on how it went yeah. and then they can have group discussions if they all worked on it together and the teacher can see what worked what didn't how can we improve this system that we're using so if every kid uh does finds their like different learning styles eventually mm. once the work is presented to you when you're older you can find mm. different ways to go about doing it whether you have to take notes or you have to study a ton for this test or if mm. studying too much stresses you like once you, at an earlier age you can really just you need to the biggest part is just finding that guidance so that you can have that. Uh, yeah. But then also part of life is doing things that you don't want to do. So <laughs> although it would be amazing if every single person in the world could do exactly what they wanted to do at some point, you're going to have to, you know, do group work, even if you hate it. So yeah. I think that even if the school was, you know, very personalized to students learning at some yeah. point, you would have to do things that you wouldn't want to do. You would have to study the class just yeah. because and often you you learn in interaction with others so you need to communicate uh, anyhow but also what you said about testing it's actually a problem for learning if uh, sort of the teacher if you're striving towards good results at the test that that will sort of hamper learning so it's much better to find ways to focus on learning and you you can show what you have learned in many ways during the way so so i i totally agree with you on that and that is sort of have good evidence as well yeah you definitely need to have that good balance because yeah. of course you want to do well on a test yeah. but if you're at a point where you're studying so much that it's becoming stressful and it's yeah. just become a task that you're not looking forward to i mean of course tests aren't everyone's favorite thing but if it's an event that you're just stressed for and you're dreading going to it makes yeah. the entire day of school feel like something you don't want to do yeah. but it kind of ruins the whole day so you yeah. kind of have to find that good balance where you can do well on a test but still feel yeah. emotionally like okay and you don't feel yeah. emotionally stressed about yeah. it yeah 
Yeah, you need all of it. That's true. Uh, then that was my last question, and you have really interesting answers to that. But the last thing of this interview will be if you have any final words sort of to the audience you would like to add. Yeah, I think that my final takeaway would just be make sure that you're always trying something new. Don't ever get stuck in a rut of something that you're doing. And if there's students who want change or if there's change in the world, try to be like adapt, be easy, like easy, flexible, be something that's flexible, something that we've been taught constantly, but it's something that I think that students at teachers and administration should also take into account. So, you know, kids are feeling like the curriculum doesn't apply anymore, adapt it, change it, be, flex be flexible in the curriculum and be flexible in your school. Cause I think that that's one of the best ways to keep students engaged and to keep them learning for themselves, not just to get it over with. I feel like the biggest takeaway for me is to look at uh, kids and students as more uh, intelligent bodies and mm -hmm. not just look at them as people who can work in factories and just move on with their life without ever giving it a second thought. I think that looking at them as more in, uh, emotionally intelligent beings and kind of uh, letting that emotional side of them show and let them express themselves and give their ideas. I feel like that is really one of the most important things to do. And that'll really make our newer generation amazing. I think adding on to that, like kids have their own opinions. And so by talking down to them, you're not helping. It just means that then they're going to act the way you treat them. You know, if you treat them like they're still five when they're a second grader and they have fully formed opinions and they're going to act like they're five because that's the way they're being treated. So I think that, you know, encouraging them to have new opinions and to think beyond their years is always going to be beneficial to the kids and the school. Okay, thank you. Really thoughtfully interesting final words from both of you. And I would like to thank you so much for great contributions. And you actually proved that you are experts in this area. And I think the student's perspective is so crucial and important to, to be successful. So this was a really, really good episode for, for every listener, for every school leader that will listen to this and every teacher. So thank you so much. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you for having us. Have a great day.